Hi, welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. My name is Caitlin Moore. I'm joined today by Dean Fry, and we'll be talking about uh, Torador episodes 14 to 19. You can find my Twitter at altsoon underscore no dare, um, and my writing on the Daily Dot at heroinproblem.com, heroin with an E. Uh, Vry, how about you introduce yourself this time? Okay. Hey, I'm Vry Kaiser. I'm an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist, and also I freelance on the web. You can find my Twitter at writervry, where I follow Dee's example by retreating into childhood nostalgia to cope. And also you can find the other show I co-host at Trash Pod. Sometimes you just need those good, good four kids dubbed animes to keep you keep you alive. Um, Sometimes you do. <laughs> for I, for folks at home who don't know, has been doing some Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, has fallen down a Yu-Gi-Oh hole as of late, and it's been oh, deep very in that enjoyable. Hole. <laughs> yeah, that's neither here nor there. Uh, hi, I'm Dee. I am the managing editor at Anime Feminist. Uh, you can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can hang out with me on Twitter at Jose Next Door. All right, so let's talk Toradora. Let's talk Toradora Turkey, uh, much like Harta in episode 19. Um, it's not so a how did you guys? So, so we're talking Toradora chicken, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if this, if this stretch of episodes uh, taught me anything, is that sometimes you just need something to believe it. And he needed to believe that that chicken was turkey, by God. <laughs> you know what? Chicken is better. So <laughs> I do kind of, He's honestly better I do off. kind of agree with you on that one, yeah. Um, so, other than that, how do you guys feel about this stretch of episodes? Uh, I, I feel like I am in the opposite position I was in on the last episode, where last time the, the last couple episodes were so good that it kind of glossed over the, the, the quibbles I had with the earlier episodes, where with this one, there was some really good stuff in the middle bunch there, and I'm so annoyed by the end of episode 19. <laughs> That it's kind of making me grumpy. Yeah, I kind of spent the last three-ish episodes watching the show barrel down the path I didn't want it to barrel down. And to its credit, it's handling it about as well as I think you can. Like, I think, yeah. it, is, I think it is doing a good job of talking about... Of, of nailing the feeling of being a teenager with a tight-knit group of friends and the relationships start to get kind of weird and shifting and you don't know how to deal. And there's like a lot of different ways that that can manifest itself depending upon the person. And I think this stretch of episodes handles those aspects with, with its characters really well. Um, but I didn't want it to go the, the like love quadrangle is it bigger than a quadrangle yeah. whatever it is i didn't want it to go that route anyway so there's definitely this part of me that's like well we're here so i guess if we're here i may as well just focus on like what it's doing well instead of the fact that i'm annoyed that it had that it felt like the only way it could have this conversation was to make everybody be in love with everybody else mm-hmm yeah, no, Torador does handle, like, the kind of messy teenage emotions very well, but is very heterosexual. And y'all, I was biting my tongue so hard for, like, half of the last episode that we recorded. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, like, when you were like, I hope Yusaku gets an arc. I'm just saying, they are like, <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about, oh, I hope Minori doesn't fall in love with Ryuji. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically what I was yeah. doing. Um... <laughs> that was the that was the big thing. That was the big thing I knew was 
I, I felt very confident it was going to happen, and I just, I just hoped I would be wrong, and I wasn't, so... Here we are. And I mean, to be fair, I think I think maybe saying falls in love with is maybe a stretch. Um, she, as the kids say, is catching feels. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's uh, it doesn't it does not strike me as like, I don't know. It, it was very much that sense of like, oh, wait, he's getting a picture of me. Does he have a crush on me? Wait, he has a crush on me. Do mm-hmm. I have a crush on him? Maybe I do. Oh, no. What if I do? Tyga likes him. Oh, no. And then it like just then it just like guilt spiraled from there. Um so I feel like it's it's too- very high school. Yeah. And and I think it's to Torador's credit overall that I'm as annoyed as I am because it this is something I would have I think I did predict going into the show, if not on the show, then in my head. Um that that everybody would end up having catching feels for Ryuji at some point. But Toradora has been so consistently good at doing interesting takes on sort of uh love shenanigan shows that it kind of raised my hopes for like a hot second that maybe i don't know i'm not sure i'm not even sure that i wanted uh minori to be to be gay because then she would just be uh the 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 adorable girl from oh maidens and i'm tired of that archetype i'm tired of that archetype too but like yeah, I, the the unrequited love queer character is also um, mm-hmm. exhausted. I really was honestly like what I was hoping to get out of Minori's arc was what what you kind of got at the tail end of the school festival is the sense of like I'm a little jealous that my best friend is kind of like a, a minor version of like what happens in Fushigi Yugi a little bit right where like yeah. the um, the best friend has to deal with the fact that her that this this friend she's been really close with now has a romantic partner or somebody who she's interested in romantically and like how do you ju- how do you like balance those those two different kinds of relationships that are super important to you yeah um, I genuinely wanted her depression to have not like either to be a friendship story which I think her and Taiga's friendship is so good and so sweet so or good. to just have so good. nothing to do with the with the relationship shenanigans going on like look i know y'all are in it right now and this is everything to you because you're teenagers but i'm having I, i'm having problems that have nothing to do with who i want to do or do or do not want to have a smooch with like i thought that would have been really interesting and and instead it's kind of it, it also bothers me that the way her feelings manifest is basically just a combination of how Taiga got a crush on Yusaku and also a little bit of of how Ami ended up with feelings for Ryuji and like I'm sure that happens a lot in normal friend groups but you know conservation of narrative detail just makes it feel like I couldn't think of more ways for girls to get feelings about things so yeah that's all my feels about that yeah yeah I yeah. I get that absolutely. It it is that sense of like why do why do, it's starting to feel like they all kind of have like they all have these very sort of distinct character arcs and personalities in the way that they handle things, um, like conflict and uh, their insecurities and all that, which we talked about a little bit last week, like how Minora uses humor, Taiga uses anger, that kind of mm-hmm. thing, um, and that's so good. But then like but now it does sort of feel like the show is starting to narrow it all down into. Um, just like romantic, all in love with yeah, it's all romantic love stories instead of being like that diverse mm-hmm. r- array of sort of young adult writing that I think I really really like about the show. And again, right, because it's it's kind of coming towards the climax now, and 
what is every everyone's climax going to be is going to be some kind of romantic uh romantic issue and listen i can understand why they all fall in love with ryuji he's a sweet boy he's a nice boy especially among Um, high school boys which is a hard time he's yeah I get so I get why people would have I get why they would all have crushes on him. The mm-hmm. the way Toradora is exaggerating those emotions to the point where they're all like fixated on him, devastated, is bothersome. Because I mean, I went through both the I went through both the like devastated in super deep high school emotions, but I also just had like crushes on guys who were nice or cute or fun. Um, yeah, and it was and, never and a big deal. Like, it wasn't like I was pining after them. It was just like, like you know, like the the guy who was really the the best actor in the drama club, who we all like to joke, like we all had a crush on him, like simultaneously. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't a big dramatic deal. It was just like kind of a thing. Um, and I think Toradora could have been more interesting. Have been more willing to engage with the the varying levels of like catching feels. If we're gonna keep using that term, because I think it's <laughs> I think it's pretty solid. Um, I think that would have been much more interesting than than all all three of them like having these like deep, intense, pining emotions for Ryuji, mm-hmm. who again, sweet boy. I totally get why you would why you would develop a crush. And in Minori's case, what I think would have been more interesting would have been like an extremely safe crush that she never really had any interest in uh, pursuing. Um, because I'm still hanging on to my like arrow ace reading of her a little bit. <laughs> even though I know oh. it's not canon. You you reject canon and substitute. Because hell yeah. Canon. That's right. Because it's a better, but, more interesting yeah. arc. I totally, like, I do totally see, like, what you mean, because, like, there have definitely been guys who I have known who, like, all, like, in my dorm or someone in high school who, like, all the girls are like, yeah, I kind of have a crush on him because he's cute and he's really nice. Like, yeah, no, but it was never like, oh, so-and-so, I'm devastated because he loves someone else and not me. It's just like... Yeah, I'd totally go out with yeah, him. There's, there's yeah, there's different layers of, of, like, I guess, romantic interest or crushes on people. And um, you don't really, I guess, I mean, you really don't see that in any anime. So it's not like I'm knocking Toradora super hard. Like I said, if the show's going to go the love quadrangle route, route that it's that is decided to go down, I think it's handling it about as well as it possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't, you know, I the fact that mm-hmm. it's doing it at all is, is a point of... Like, by the end of this, it kind of made my teeth hurt. I was like, eh, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. W- once I se- separate, like, my feeling of those last few minutes where I was just slowly pulling my skin down from my eyes, the, <laughs> the, the, the cinematography of that scene where where Taiga starts crying and we just cut to Minori in a streetlight, it's a really beautifully shot scene. Mm-hmm. It is. That's really poignant. Yeah. And, and again, I think the way it is, I think that, again, having accepted, having, having, I have to accept the fact that this is, this is the direction the show is going, is everybody is going to have big, devastated romantic feelings in this last stretch. Um, so then I have to look at, okay, how is the show handling that? And, you know, I, I think that uh, Minori's sort of like guilt spiral and isolating herself completely is, you know, obviously very different from Ami's quasi-manipulative attempts to, like, force everybody to deal with their shit, and then maybe after the explosion, sh- things will change for her. 
Um, and then <laughs> after everything shakes out, it will shake out so that Ryuji is next to her. And... Yeah. Versus Taiga, you know, having that, that very sudden moment of realizing, oh shit, if this works out, I'm actually not going to, he's not going to be like, I'm not, we're not going to be like the number one person in each other's lives necessarily. Um, and that sudden moment of, wait, no, I don't, I don't actually want that. I want, I want Ryuji and I to be like together. Um, I think all of that is handled really well, and I think those are all resonant moments in, um, in like, you know, kind of young relationships and romantic uh, entanglements and things like that. Um, yeah, I think that's the end of that thought. <laughs> I, I love The that. end! <laughs> I, I, I love the mascot scene, too. Like, my God, God that was that's good. Precious. Oh. Yeah, when, when Ryuji comes in in the bear costume, yeah, that's, that's adorable. Uh, yeah. Taiga's just kind of because I, I think what's going on outside of just the romantic sub with the characters outside of the romantic subplots is more interesting like Taiga talking about how she believes in Santa and it's kind of a coping mechanism for her feeling alone so alone on Christmas mm-hmm. all the time like well I'm not alone because Santa's here and Santa loves me and her and Ami just sort of being like, hey, you need to deal, <laughs> you need to figure your shit out. Um, Ami's terrible. You know what and I, I do enjoy her. about, you know what I do? And I told you she's terrible and wonderful. Boy, they really do not sell her in those <laughs> early episodes. Holy shit. Like, sh- I told you. <laughs> okay, but I, t- <laughs> I told you you would love Ami by the end of the show. <laughs> and you were correct. <laughs> yeah, let's just talk about Ami. Um, yeah, no, she, I wish she had more screen time in these episodes um, because she kind of just like crashes and she's like, hey guys, figure sh- your shit out and then like goes off and sings a song. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like <sighs> a lot of Ami's uh, plot points have been sort of almost subtextual, like kind of in the background. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate the way she kind of calls everybody out on their shit um, because in a way she sort of helps push the plot forward. <laughs> Um, when, like, when Yusaku, uh, when mm-hmm. Yusaku has his, his minor meltdown and dyes his hair and starts getting into fights, and she's like, yeah, he's rebelling for attention. Um. <laughs> I mean, she's, like, she's known him for so long, you would think that she would be able, she would play more of a role in those episodes. You would. Right? When he is going through a crisis. Yeah, I guess I, I get maybe, and maybe the sense we're supposed to get is that the two of them have, have, like, they've known each other for forever, but they're not super close you know, because um, we've never really seen them confide in each other. So that may just be sort of their relationship That's with each true. other. Um, but then she kind of points out the same thing with Ryuji. She's like, you're sort of pretending to be Taiga's dad. And that's weird. Um, you need to figure <laughs> out like what your relationship to her is, because being her dad isn't an option. Uh, and I think that's an extremely fair point. And then point. he wears her dad's suit. I know. It got, it got <laughs> a little <laughs> rough there. Looks- it is weird how and i'm not sure if this is the thing i've noticed a lot with anime in general and i don't know why it's maybe it's that good writing again uh, that it stuck out to me here but that thing especially in hetero high school rom-coms where you have these characters who exist in sort of this ambiguous space and you know, one character clearly has a crush and other people will say to the character who is being crushed on, well, if you don't hate him, 
clearly you should consider his feelings as though like either say that you hate them and you never want to see them again or pro progress onto a romantic relationship like the option of turning them down and, and remaining friends is implicitly never an option and i don't know if that's a language like the set of words that are used in this mm -hmm. archetypal situation or what's happening there but it's weird uh what specifically are you talking about are you talking about the stuff with yusaku and sumire uh i am talking about that too but also i i think it's something abi brings up to taiga as well but yeah, um, the the Sumeria thing specifically. Yeah, no that that does that does bother me pretty routinely. Or like it's like oh you don't like me, so you you hate me. Like no, I don't hate you. All right, we're dating like, now. Well, no, there's an in between <laughs> space there. There's like a big in between space there. Um. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely something that I have noticed and something that irritates me from time to time um but i think i mean and Tor toradora generally does a really good job with like uh different sex friendships until until um, they all turn into romance <laughs> yeah until all of a sudden they're all crushing on each other uh you know maybe minori should get together with yusaku i don't know uh, read my fan fiction. No, not really. Uh, I'll be honest. I was kind of, I'm kind of surprised they haven't done anything with Yusaku and Ami because once I hear the word trial, I'm very jaded. And when I hear the words childhood friends, I just assume that that's on lock. Yeah. That something's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you said, like Didn't they really she have a crush on him or was, I don't really, I don't remember that. No, no. I don't know. I'm misremembering. I guess speaking of uh, Tsumire and Yusaku, I was really pleasantly surprised with how that went down. Like, I feel like they could have hit harder on the on on her line on the the narrative, giving weight to her line that like, well, if he says that I've ruined his life by leaving to pursue my dreams, then that's his problem. But mm -hmm. I really liked the e the ending where where he was like, you know. I'm gonna do my thing and you're gonna do yours and I'm so glad I got to meet you, basically. Like I thought that was really nice and mature because you're the that trope of, Well, I'll follow you to wherever you're going, person I knew in high school for a year. <laughs> right, yeah. And she's like, No, like you have your own life to live. If I tell you I like you, then you're gonna take off after me. Um, no, I really enjoyed um like pretty much everything about those episodes like just um i think that uh kano the student council president like she she has she's an interesting character that we never really got to spend too much time with but i really liked her a lot in these episodes and um you know seeing yusaku sort of come into his own as a character like I thought it was a really really well done um sort of break <laughs> high school like emotional meltdown mm -hmm. like the part where he's like the girls are talking and someone's talking about something's big and he's just sitting there money like was it a big penis and all the girls are like what <laughs> and he's like you know like and like he like can't even get it out because he's trying to be crude but that's just not who he is yeah and he's just like <laughs> Like, he can barely, like, say anything. Like, it's, I'm not saying it's not, it wasn't a sincere sort of rebellion, but it just, it seemed like it was very, like, 
they did a good job showing how that's not who he really is. He is just hit an emotional breaking point and he is like Ami said acting out for attention but at the same time that acting out for attention is um legitimate he is actually like he's going through a crisis yeah like he and he doesn't know how to express it because he's always been the good yeah kid. and he because he has spent the last you know year kind of chasing after this girl a little bit and being like and then when I get elected class president I'll tell her how I feel and he had like this big old you know dramatic plan built up in his head that then sort of collapses on him um, and I do, I need to apologize. Yusaku, I'm sorry I called you a potato. <laughs> You're not a potato. He's a little you bit have, of a potato, but he's a very you have nice a, potato. He, he, has a, he has a character arc, and I like, he's also kind of a weirdo, and I like that, we saw that, we've seen that in glimpses in the past couple of bits, but like, at the Christmas party, he's just oh, wearing so suspenders and just like hugging everybody <laughs> and just being a big doofus. Hot Santa. Um, I'm not sure what the line was in the Japanese version, but uh, when he grabs the two guys and like falls over laughing, one of them goes, I'm being harassed by a kinky Santa. <laughs> it was very good. Um, I think they, they just call him a pervert. It's much more boring. Yeah, no, I I liked the kinky Santa and just it's just like you can tell they're all just goofing around and having fun. Um I also like the other just on that note, I liked the other guy having a sexy Christmas dream where like everybody's naked in it. And he's like, <laughs> and that's when I woke up. <laughs> um, there are some Oh hard time. Again, I think the show has some really nice sort of authentic moments of like uh like high schoolers, teenagers just kinda like being thirsty in a more like again like realistic sort of relatable way and also um having like these you know like the rebellion of like dyeing his hair and then him just kind of letting loose at the at the christmas party really badly really badly too. yeah and bad then him just kind of letting loose at the christmas party in in just sort of a goofy way of like you know just going around and like messing around with his classmates who he's known forever mm-hmm. um I, I like when the show hits those hits those moments of like it it balances it helps balance out the the dramatic beats i think really well in a way mm-hmm. that is that is more reminiscent of what high school actually is like it's not non-stop drama and and frustration no, and sorrow like there's a lot of silly fun shit that goes down along the way as well so yeah there's a lot of goofing around and then every so often like it is punctuated with melodrama yeah um and i like that the show handles that hey hey are we gonna like talk about the fact that yusaku's dad abuses him no yeah, show i would love no yeah, to about that yeah show. we're yeah. just gonna we're just gonna skate right by that huh yeah it's weird that they glossed over that when the show has so much about like parental relationships mm-hmm. like it's such a like a, a strong persistent theme and also it's mario and it's just kata like yeah and it's just like huh yusaku's dad hit him it's well, bad enough to leave a bruise on his face well anyway moving on <laughs> what like no like we have to do something with this and maybe the novels do but it's it felt really weird to just skate past it because like i said there is so much that they do with per, like parent-child relationships, um, so it felt really like weird and awkward to just have that there. Yeah, I mean, we mm-hmm. spent all that time with um, Tyga and her trash dad, um, 
and and then so it's for just to be like yeah and then my dad beat the crap out of me it's like what wait what hey yusaku are we gonna no nothing's gonna come of that okay um that adds an an extra concerning layer to your character are you okay kiddo i don't think um, so. no. it explains some things and it makes me very worried for him it does right well and it kind of i mean i think it adds another whether intentionally or no it adds another layer to um like his little rebellious his rebellion, his, his rebellion uh, and the fact that he has been like so straight laced and you know he's on the baseball team and he's good at it and he's in the student council and he's good at it and it's like you know the the one week that he has a meltdown and that's the way his dad responds is it tells you it tells you a lot about Yusaku in a short in a short breath um that again maybe the show wasn't had no idea that it was doing that with it but maybe I don't know maybe it did um but yeah it's sort of horrifying to me that uh, Ryuji just kind of moves past that like it's not a huge issue right because we're in 2020 and Stars Align exists yeah I mean I definitely thought back yeah. to Stars Align at that moment where I'm like this this should be something we're discussing but yeah hey guys don't hit your kids just don't do it yeah that seems pretty straightforward and simple um, somebody edited in that Zach Braff clip from Scrubs you had a tough day at the office, so you come home, make yourself some dinner, smother your kids, pop in a movie, maybe have a drink. It's fun, right? Wrong. Don't smother your kids. Oh my god. I don't remember that bit at all. <laughs> like, it was it was extremely dark, and I cannot remember the setup for it. That is extremely dark, yes, but also <laughs> true. Saw. Don't do that. Um, don't hit kids. Yeah, so anyway, uh, that, that was one of those, that was... Probably one of the biggest what moments I had during this stretch of episodes, because it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. And then again, the show doesn't really address it. It um, does feel like that and the, uh, like you mentioned, Ami, the, Ami's arc feeling subtexty. The the situation where it seems like she's being pressured by her mom to move away, and then that gets resolved basic, almost off screen entirely, feels like yeah. novel subplots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of Ami stuff that seems to just kind of happen in the margins of these episodes. Um, the sense I get is she's living on her own right now, mm-hmm. um, and her mom is trying to get her to move back home and probably get back in, and maybe maybe trying to get her to continue modeling, and she doesn't want to. I don't know. I'm assuming the show will eventually address that. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure they're going to event they're going to eventually address Yusaku's dad. At this point, I would say probably not. Uh-huh. It feels like they've mm-hmm. they've effectively kind of written Yusaku out of the the core dramatic beats at this point um because taiga seems to be over him and he's not entangled in the other romantic stuff so uh, i could be wrong i didn't think he was going to get an arc at all earlier and he did so um but i guess we'll see how the last stretch goes yeah it's yeah because the torador there's 10 volumes of the torador novels and the series wasn't finished when the anime came out. oh okay so it is um entirely possible that that this was covered in the novels and it just didn't make it to the anime. Tell yeah, us in the so. comments, um, listeners. I'm genuinely yeah. curious. Yeah, folks yeah, at home. No, if you read the Torador novels, let us know. Speaking of, but speaking of good parents, I really enjoyed Yasuko in these She's episodes. So good. She didn't she didn't do very much. Um but the part where like they're making a bunch of noise and she just comes out of the bedroom and she's just like holds up some money and then like jerks her head towards the door. Um, 
That was a uh, very, very That was cool. a very good parent moment. Because when she opened the door, I thought she was going to yell at them. And I loved that she's like, I'm not going to yell at them. They're not doing anything wrong. I just need them out of the house. But they need to be yeah, But they need to not be here. So here's 30 bucks. Go see a Star War. <laughs> I've definitely had that moment. Not with um, my kids, because I don't have kids, of course. But, uh, but with... Um, roommates and stuff like that just like I'm trying to sleep and it's during times when like I'm like working overnight and I'm just like you need to be somewhere where I cannot hear Mm -hmm. you right now I don't care where you go just not here oh that was such beautiful perfect comedy she's so (laughs) good and I love that the series like there's there are one or two cheesecake shots but by and large the show really respects her emotional intelligence in a way that I did not have the heart mm-hmm. to expect. Right, because it seems like she's going to be like the airhead mom mm-hmm. who doesn't know what's going on at all ever, but she's actually a very, like, she's a good mom. She acts like an airhead, but like... Also the fact that she fucking very stole everything she could pawn and ran away from home as a teenager is hardcore as shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's hardcore. And her patting tiger's head filled my heart with feelings. It was nice. Yeah, she's she's been really there. You you only see a you don't get a ton of scenes with them, but um, you get some really sweet moments between. I mean, her and Ryuji and her and Taiga as well. She's kind of adopted Taiga into the family in a way that's really nice. And then, like when Yusaku just shows up, she's like, "Yeah, of course you can stay. That's fine." Um, And I mean, knowing what we know about her childhood, it sort of makes sense that she would be, you know, more. understanding and you know wanting mm-hmm. to help out kids who maybe have like tough home home situations um so i really like that about her i feel like like every friend group has one of those parents right like the chill understanding the parent who's just like yeah you can yeah. come here that's fine yeah yeah if you need to crash um yeah i think it's and you, you always know like that's the house i can go to when things are getting rough mm-hmm. um yeah or like maybe not every friend group has it but ideally every friend group yeah we had i I was fortunate we had a couple um one of them was my own mom which was also awesome um anyway sorry that's that's also going slightly off topic um but no yeah yasu yasu was nice in this stretch um can we also as long as we're talking about adults and we have yet to mention their teacher yet and i'm kind of glad we waited because i hated their teacher for (sighs) a long long time and this stretch i finally started to warm up to her a little bit but I absolutely hate the trope of, and this you show, God, this this shows up in anime yeah, all the time. Yeah, no, the, the the like the, sad the, pushing thirty single teacher who's so depressed about the fact that she's no longer fifteen and doesn't have a boyfriend or whatever. And she resents the youth of the children. And oh yeah, no, I'm so done with that archetype. It's so like it's just so gross because it really does like put for like promote the idea that your life is over if you're a woman over 25 yeah it's rough um like which is a a very real thing that a lot of people feel with and feel and struggle with and like even though like i have friends and a job that i love and a husband that i love like it still sometimes feels like i'm 32 my youth has passed me by 
my beauty is fading. <laughs> uh, like, like it's like, so can we get over those media depictions, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not even a lady, and, I, and like that stuff is still like, well, I grew up with this for 30 years. Yeah, it sort of embeds yeah. itself in your brain. It's yeah. So I I despise that trope, and I meant to I meant to I meant to gripe about the teacher last week, and we ended up talking about lots of other stuff, and it just never really came up. Mm. Um, but as long as we were on the adults, I did want to mention her mm-hmm. this week, especially because this week one thing I did kind of like is we actually got some nice moments, like when Yusaku's having his meltdown. And Taiga and Ryuji, she kind of asks, she asks his friends, like, instead of immediately calling his parents, she asks his friends, like, do you guys know why he might be acting like this? Because we're trying to help him and we don't know what's going on. Um, and then when Taiga and Ryuji tell her about their plan to, like, encourage him to run for Stuko by short, sort of showing that he's needed by the other students. Stuko. Um, mm-hmm. She... She agrees to. She agrees to like. Okay, yeah, no, go ahead and go ahead and do your thing, and I'll I'll support you and like try to help mm-hmm. you out as much as I can. Um, and then I I did love that during the Christmas party she's having one of her typical like, oh God, I'm gonna be alone on Christmas, so sad. Look at these kids. And then she goes, and she's wait, like I'm gonna go to a real estate seminar. Yeah, she's like, you know what? No, there's other things that I can be that I can be focusing on with That's my life. Right. There's other ways I can get my shit together. I don't have to worry about That's romance. Right. I'm gonna buy a condo. <laughs> Because, like, Christmas is not a big deal holiday in Japan other than, like, small children and the romantic aspect. Um, Like, Christmas Day isn't even a national holiday. Yeah, Yeah, but, like, Christmas Eve parties and going out with your sweetheart is, like, a thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a, like, it's a thing. Um, It's like, you know, Valentine's Day. Um, It's nice to have someone there. But it's not, like, a huge holiday that the whole country celebrates. So it's nice that she was just, like, uh, I'm going to move on with my life. Like, I'm going to do something else during Christmas. Because it's not, like, here where it's, like, it's Christmas and that's the only thing going on for the vast majority of the people uh, holiday. Unless you are a member of a religion that doesn't celebrate Christmas. And so that if you're not doing anything for Christmas, it feels really strange. I hope she got her At Christmas KFC. That's the case for me. <laughs> it's never That's, gonna be that you, gotta, to be. you have to put in orders orders for that weeks ahead of time she does not have any christmas kfc i'm sorry that's all right it's okay because she's gonna buy herself a sweet yeah condom. so i and i do i do like that i feel like loki the teacher has had this like background arc and so i'm very very curious to see if we get much out of her in the last stretch like if they backslide mm-hmm. or if they're kind of trying to show and I'd be curious to see if the teacher's in the books or if that was an Okada edition. Um, but I like that, like, while all the teenagers are, like, flipping out about romance, we, we currently have this very low-key arc about the, the adult woman in the cast going, you know what, there's other ways to, like, you know, feel stable in my life and, and take control of things and, like, be happy. And so here's some other stuff I'm going to try to do. Uh, be supportive of my students and also uh, get myself a, a some real estate. So the, her line about um, um, about how those couples who are out on Christmas on Christmas dates aren't gonna be prepared when the proper real estate estate position <laughs> killed me dead. That was so good. <laughs> Their financial situation will not be like mine. Ha-ha. Take that, couples. Um, there you go. <laughs> No, I, yeah, so I do, I was, I was, I'm kind of glad I didn't talk about the teacher last week because I had, I had some positive stuff to say this week, which was really nice. Um, I hate that I don't even know their teacher's name. I'm sure she has a name. I've just been calling her the teacher. Um, but she's very, good to see. yeah, so. right. The, uh, I, I really like the, the sort of 
running theme through this stretch of episodes about like innocent like uh, innocence or immaturity versus maturity and how like all these kids are are chasing it and also like presenting one or the other in in various degrees and and not always what they in the ways that they think they're doing it mm-hmm like, Ami's whole arc is about how she feels like she has to be the grown-up friend. Which, speaking of, I also really like the scene where she where she cheers up their teacher by noticing her sweater. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, I forgot about that. You're yeah. right. That was a really nice moment. Um, where, yeah, she actually noticed that her teacher's super into fashion. She's like, yeah, me too. So they had that, yeah, that kind of humanizing moment where it's like, yeah, there's there's more to both of us. Um, yeah, the, the stuff with the stuff with Ami, I think, is a really good example of, like, how... One thing I think the stretch does well is uh, with Ami, that kind of sense of how different characters perceive her based on, like, how she behaves in front of them because she has those conversations with Minori where you can tell Ami's kind of kind of like cynically amused because Minori keeps talking about how Ami's so grown up and mature and she wishes she could be as grown up and mature as Ami is. Uh, but then, like, later in the episode... And then I think I think her school friends kind of say her two like close girlfriends kind of say the same thing. Um, but then at the end of the episode, when Ryuji's talking to her about like you should really learn how to cook and like here take this food home with you and make sure you eat a good meal, um, he makes a comment about her being being like a kid. Um, and so that and I think I think that's one of the reasons. Again, a lot of Ami's stuff is subtext, but I think that's one of the reasons she really likes Ryuji is she feels like he gets her better than other people do like that that front of you know sort of maturity and kind of being above it all um is is a front and he's one of the few people who kind of gets that she's 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 a mess like everybody else she's just um better at hiding it because she did kind of in some ways she did have to grow up faster than everybody else since she was a public figure and had to deal with like stalkers and shit well also she's she's had her turn to be a mess um, now it's Minari's and uh, Yusaku's turn to be a mess, right? That's how it works. Yeah, right? yeah, you, yeah. In you high school, in turns. high school, we all take turns. It definitely doesn't all happen simultaneously halfway through our junior year. Definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was that was that too specific? <laughs> junior year is bad. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, yeah. uh. I do yeah, like- and so I think that sense of, uh, like you were saying, like maturity and immaturity, and um, you know, Minori's trying. I think I feel like Minori's trying really hard to do the mature thing by just taking herself out of the equation, and like she doesn't want to break any relationships. Um, so she's like, well, if I'm just not around, then maybe these feelings will just go away, and I'll just focus on other stuff like my softball team. Um, but then she has these like really. I still love Minori. I don't love that the narrative has forced her into a. Um, into having like deep romantic feels for Ryuji. Um, but I do, I do still love the character. Um, but mm-hmm. God, that moment when she breaks the star and is just freaking out about mm-hmm. like how she's, she shattered this thing that her best friend loved and how can she possibly fix it? Um, and wanting to do oh. it all on her own. And Minori's got layers. I love her. I, uh-huh, she's, she's such good. And she's mm-hmm. a Yu-Gi-Oh fan, yeah. which only makes me love her more. That is true. God, yeah, the the scene where they're picking out the... That was the scene with the photos, right? Right, yeah. The numbers and stuff. Yeah, that was really good. I missed the Yu-Gi-Oh reference. When they're dinking around with the photos, she, like, does it the way you would announce, uh, like, actions in the card game. Like, in the same dramatic way as the anime. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's very cute. Uh, Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh was more my little brother's thing. It is. It's it's nicely done, though. Um, Um, Yeah, and I I love that star scene because I think... The lo- I think 
what holds this set of episodes back is that it spends too long on the melodrama, but at the same time, I think Toradora overall has this really has this real talent for those crystallizing moments that happen mm-hmm. a lot when you're a teenager where you're like, this is this, this one thing happened and it's about to become real symbolic of all the little things we're not talking about in our yeah. life. Yeah. The way, the way they all kind of talk around different things in this stretch is, is really nice. The, the Minori scene with Ryuji and talking about like, we broke it. It's never going to be the same. Um, who I feel that feeling um, mm-hmm. from. That was definitely a, a sense that I think, you know, when you have these, again, I think the show has done a good job of showing like a tight knit group of friends. And when the relationships start to shift and that sort of like collective panic that you start to feel as that happens, or like, or you just try to pretend it's not happening. Like Ryuji's kind of trying to just keep everything the same, the stretch, uh, which he clearly can't do. Um, and then there's a, there's a nice moment in the Christmas party too, where I think he's talking to Yusaku, and they're talking about, like, um, I don't know if they're talking about Minori or some of the other classmates, but they have this kind of sideways conversation about, like, everybody should end up happy because that's just, that's, that's, it's just only right. Like, it's, it's only, it's only fair that Mm -hmm. everybody end up happy because nobody's done anything wrong. Um, like, like everybody's, you know, doing their best and, and trying to look after each other. And so it's only fair that we should all end up happy. And I thought that was a really nice moment because um, that is often how it feels in those sort of like awkward relationship shuffles. Um, and obviously, like, pro- I mean, you know, we we talk on this podcast a lot about like just go with the just go with the OT three option or you know just just pick the polyamorous <laughs> route. Which I mean, obviously, there should be more poly rep in fiction, but like, also obviously, not everybody <laughs> wants a poly relationship. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot more to it than just well just go that just go the ot just go the harem the harem ending like you're Especially playing since a, these kids are so okay at this age they're really not good at conversation <laughs> that's yeah, so important yeah so that would make it even tougher um but but my point being like you know yeah. so when you do have these these sort of clashing of of emotions like you know like ryuji says during the star scene like you know if we if we work at it it'll eventually be okay um but there is going to be a period where not everybody's going to be happy and and kind of having how do you work through that and I think that's going to be I would imagine that will be kind of one of the bigger points in the last stretch because again as much as as much as the love quadrangle um melodramatics tend to kind of just make me groan deep deep down on the inside um I think these episodes have done a good job of setting it up in a way where I sympathize with everybody and I it, it's not like it's anybody's fault the miscommunications that are happening don't feel like they feel organic to the story does that mm-hmm. make sense like or to the characters yeah. like the reason I understand why Minori is not talking to anybody you know mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah I feel you. And, so, and especially like like and um Ami's crush on Ryuji too really felt natural and not control as uh, to me and like those feelings I understand where they they grew out of yeah and and so then the way they're handling it makes sense for the characters it's not just they're not talking to each other because we need to create melodrama in the story it, it feels like it's it's coming organically out of the characters or like Taiga isn't realizing this thing because she's just been alone for so long that she's never really thought about what it would mean to like rely on somebody else or want somebody else in her life um so I, I really do like that about it is that the narrative went, okay, let's do one of these, you know, love quadrangle style stories, but let's do it in a way where it's not just all contrived bullshit. It feels, it feels genuine. 
Um, so I, I appreciate that at the end of the day. And I hope the last arc can, can bring it together somehow. Um, I'm curious, how do you guys feel about the new theme songs? I don't like nah. it. They don't, they're not as good. No, they're okay. They're no. not as good, though. I like the animation for the new ending, mm-hmm. although, like, it's not as iconic as the first one, obviously, but I, I, I sort of like that soft pastel uh, homemaking type of ending. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, they're not as good. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, My Silky Love sounds like a, maybe I've it's just been watching so too much bad. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. My Silky Love sounds like a vagina euphemism. <laughs> little bit i've been holding on to that (laughs) no 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 i was i was watching these on the couch and dorothy walked by as the new theme song came on and she was like what the fuck does that mean what is silky love (laughs) yeah i honestly had no idea that the show swapped and then it happened in like episode 18 or something i was like wait what yeah which is weird yeah it's a it's a strange time to swap over um no, the first the um, first ones were much snappier. Um, but like, yeah, like Rice said, I do like the animation in the last one. It, it's cute to see Ryuji just just making food for everybody, <laughs> bacon. And like, I'm I'm even down for the song, and we're doing a metaphor about unripe fruits. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> what? Is, Wait, it's a metaphor. Is that is that also a sex thing? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fruit ripening. Ready for harvest, you know. Jesus. <laughs> this is a clean family Our podcast. Dinner. Damn it! <laughs> I, we have literally referred to sloppy seconds on this. Show. This is true. Yes. <laughs> okay. Probably the show isn't for kids. Um, I did, I, so I'm curious if this line is like beat for beat the way it was in the sub or not, but, um, one thing I did appreciate again, Sumire, uh, uh, Kano, the, the school president, mm-hmm. um, who doesn't, like you said, doesn't get a lot of time, but, but lets her minutes shine here. Um, she has that moment where she kind of snaps at, um, Ryuji, like there's more to life than high school, you know? And I appreciated that because I think a lot of the time, uh, high school anime in particular, there's very much this sense of like, nothing exists before or after this moment, nothing will ever be better than this moment kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of, it's, it's very content, decontextualized. Yeah, like rose tinted, very nostalgic. And mm-hmm. so I, I like that, um, it's like, like you were talking about too, with Yusaku's arc, there is this sense of like, no, there's more going on here. We are continuing to grow and we have responsibilities that like Yusaku, you know, is kind of afraid to take on those responsibilities, but but he also wants them. And so like, well, it's, you know, work through that fear and and move forward and take those steps into being mm-hmm. an adult because you're not going to be in high school forever. This this is a training ground for a lot of things, um, including how to relationship. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> right, because I feel like a lot of high school anime talk about like, oh, this is our youth. Yeah. You know, this is a, a, our, the springtime of our life, our, you know, our gr- bright green or blue, depending on how you translate it, youth. This is part why I didn't like the third season of Free. They're sitting there talking about their middle school friends, and they're just like, yeah, no, f- you know, you're never going to make friends like that again. Nope. Middle school, middle school friendship. That's it. That's the end all be all. We're in college now. We haven't grown up, grown up or moved on at all. Like, we're just still, like, really thinking a lot about those middle school friendships. And I just, uh. like, and I understand that this happens a lot in 
anime that is aimed at high schoolers because um, it does feel like that time of your life matters more than anything else uh, when you're in it. But I like the bit of perspective there. Just like, no, like uh, this feels like the end of the world right now, but I have these goals and I'm going to move forward. And you need like you need to focus on your own goals because high school is like high school will end and these feelings are not forever. Like, so we just need to accept, like accept that we feel them and then keep going. Um, I always appreciate that. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe that's, I think maybe that's the other thing is that what bothered, uh, about the, the love quadrangle thing is I, Normally what bothers me about uh, high school love melodramas is that thing of, like, mostly when you date somebody in high school, that relationship isn't going to last. And I feel like most anime don't have a sense of self-awareness at that. And I'm not sure where Toradora is on that front. So, yeah, I think on the one hand, like, I think it's probably fair to assume that Ryuji and Taiga are going to hook up. And I Mm -hmm. think it's probably fair to assume that we're supposed to think that they're going to be very happy together forever and ever. Um, which is fine. Like, that's fine. Uh, but I, one thing I do like is it doesn't look like any of the other characters are going to hook up. Maybe they will. I don't know. At this point, it doesn't seem like that will be the case. And we have seen the characters cycle through crushes. Like, Taiga had a crush on Yusaku for a while, and she's kind of starting to get over it. Yusaku had a crush on Taiga and is mm-hmm. starting to get, and, and has gotten over it. Um, so I think, I think that the show has done some background work to make it to, so it hits a little bit more of a middle ground where it's like, yeah, this is this mm-hmm. is still a young adult romance, so we are still going to go for a little bit of a fairy tale ending. Uh, maybe they won't. I'm, 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 you know, we'll see how they we'll see how they wrap it up. Um, but at the same time, like we have shown you how sometimes these relationships aren't going to work out. Um, you know, Yusaku's crush on Sumire didn't work out either, and uh, Minori's crush on Ryuji probably isn't going to work out, uh, or Ami. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's doing. I think it's doing a slightly better job as opposed to some of those anime where it's like everybody neatly pairs up at the end, and we're just supposed to assume they all just stayed together forever and got Live married. Happily ever after. Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, I was about to. Oh. I was about to dunk on the Harry Potter epilogue. Yes, exactly like that. The one person, the first person you have a crush on is the person that you're going to spend your entire life yeah. with. Yeah, and like, I mean, speaking, you know, and this is just my personal experience, like, I do know some people who um, who dated in high school or knew each other in high school and then dated in college and ended up getting married and are still together and are, you know, doing awesome. Um, but it's not, but there, but I know way, way more people who that did not happen to. So mm-hmm. I think that, I think that you can still tell those stories, um, but having that balance of like other characters in the background who that doesn't work out for, um, I think that can help balance that that kind of frustrating thing that can happen in young adult fiction where the expectation that you're supposed to meet your soulmate when you're 15 and you, you're not. It's it's totally okay if, right. if that that's not how that goes down and it's probably more right. likely. Life is not a Shakespeare play. Yeah. Not a, or rather a Shakespeare comedy. If it were a Shakespeare tragedy, everyone would be dead. The, listen, all um, I'm saying is that everybody's favorite Shakespeare couple is Benedict and Beatrice, and those are some disaster 30-year-olds. Yeah, they're great. That's true. I do love Benedict and Beatrice. Shakespeare has Classic Shakespeare has good comedies. Both of them. <laughs> they are Tsundaries. Oh, God. Where's that anime? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> also, 
neither here nor there. I really liked the uh, the Sumire Taiga fight and how yeah. non fan servicey and brutal it God, is. God, that fight! They just fucking wailed on each other. It was a it was it was really well animated too. Um, I liked it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I remember high school fights. They were not nearly that well choreographed. <laughs> um, yeah. But but the yeah the the kind of raw like just emotion in that scene is really well conveyed so yeah i did i enjoyed that i was like this is over the top but it's also great so i'll allow it <laughs> nobody's clothes got ripped they beat like they punched the shit out of each other's faces yeah. it was good it was well done so yeah i'm interested i feel like i'm gonna end up more or like more on the positive side for this show we'll see how they go with the because I assume the last six episodes has to be Minori finally gets around. Minori's feelings come out so that Ryuji has to face that real. And that'll be the, the push for him to realize, oh, shit, I actually like Taiga. And then we'll resolve that. And that'll be six episodes, I guess. I I suspect Ami will still have um, a bit of a mini arc. I think Ami will have something else to do. Because she's been, she's been quiet this stretch, but she's been hovering in the background. And so... Um, I think she'll be, she'll be involved somehow, but Torador has earned my trust that even if it's going to hit the beats that irritate me, it's going to do it in a way that doesn't irritate me. So, <laughs> um, I just, I just hope that, you know, the, the, the story continues to stay true to the characters, um, rather than like, you know, forcing things into, um, into plot beats for the sake of, of, you know, dramatics. So, Fingers crossed uh, the series ends strongly. It's it's. I know a lot of people who are still very fond of it, so I, I suspect it won't have a, a god-awful ending, or that wouldn't be the case. I actually asked you guys to watch it just so that I could watch you go through the terrible ending. <laughs> um, I'm sadistic that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you laugh, but you also know that that is not something... That is not <laughs> completely out of character for me. I mean... People do love to to introduce a, a a messy thing at people. It's it including me. I'm talking about yes, me. yes, yes. But usually, you're, usually <laughs> you're upfront about this is kind of a mess, guys. Just so you know. Um, no, typically, typically shows that have like infamously bad endings, you are you you know you live in the anime sphere long enough, you are aware of them. So I think I'm hoping that things will things will work out okay for these kids because I like them and I want I want things to work out okay for them. So, mm-hmm. me too. Yeah. I hope those crazy kids work it out. <laughs> those crazy kids. Those crazy. Kids. Those youths. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have any more specific predictions? Um, Minari actually shaves her head, or <laughs> or anything else. Um, um, I love how much she loves that bald cap. It's precious. It's very cute. I support yeah. her. No, I, I'm, I'm going mm. to, I'm going to just stick to my, my vague predictions and, and let the show, let the show take me to the home plate. I, I'm ready. I am prepared. That's all I've got. Where? Hey, you know what? That's a, that's a good place to wrap. I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then let us. Uh the worst part thank you for listening everyone this has been chatty af talking about toradora episodes 14 to 19 next episode or we're gonna be finishing up the series uh talking about episodes 20 to 25 so if you enjoyed this episode uh feel free to rate us 
at rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, read, check out our website at animefeminist.com. Our Twitter, at animefeminist. Our Facebook, at animefem. Our Tumblr, animefeminist.tumblr.com. Um, and also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash animefeminist. Um, we do not advertise... Uh, the Patreon is the only way we have of making money and recovering costs, which are large, uh, especially since we pay all of our contributors and we want to be able to pay more. We want to be able to grow more. So anything that you could contribute would be so appreciated. Thank you so much. Thanks, Annie Femme. Uh, and remember to wash your hands. <laughs> For real. <laughs>